Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. We want to thank each and every person who's chosen to tune in today. We're always just so glad to have you with us, and we hope that this episode finds you well. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated this week, and finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world, brought us joy, or built us up that week. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? So while I have been finishing up kind of the last things I need to do leading up to um, defending my dissertation next week, I just have had this level of intensity. (laughs) I've got to read, I've got to read this book. I've got to write this summary. I've got to, you know, these last minute details, um, this kind of final push toward, toward the end. And I, I just hold a lot of stress naturally in my neck and my shoulders. And so that's definitely been, um, present lately. And I think too, just this, um, the stress and just all the things that my brain is trying to process right now, it's making, just making uh, normal decision-making difficult. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, I'll be at, at a coffee shop with my husband. Like, I don't, I don't know like where I want to sit. I don't know what I want to order. Like <laughs> I don't have a clue. So I've kind of been like leaning into just habits lately. I'm like, well, we usually go here. Let's go here. Or like, <laughs> so, yeah, just kind of yeah, leaning on, on the normal. Um, so I'm definitely very looking forward to be done, which leads into my rose, which I would say is an anticipatory rose. So maybe it's currently a bud and it will be opening up into a rose very soon. Um, I will be defending my dissertation in, in just less than a week. And so by the time this episode comes out, I believe I will be Dr. Schroeder, which is pretty <laughs> So exciting. Almost Dr. Jessica Schroeder. Almost. As you said, when this comes out, you will officially be Dr. Jessica Schroeder. Somehow I'll make it. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's, it's like, it's kind of like getting married in the sense of like, you just, something happens and all of a sudden there's a change. You know, yeah. I've been, I've been working toward this and, um, and my, my second reader actually even told me, he's like, this is kind of like the, the engagement season. And then like the <laughs> wedding day is like the defense and you just, you make it through it. And then you pop out the other side and you're done. I'm like, Oh, that's a great analogy. So I've been, I've been holding on to that because I remember wedding week feeling like a, like a tunnel. And I feel like that's what this week is going to feel like, just going into a tunnel. And at yes. the end, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be celebrating. And uh, somehow I'm going to, it's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> incredible with so many years of work. And finally, it all comes down to just one day and you get to yeah. celebrate at the end of it. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) How about for you, Kelia? Well, my thorn this week is not, um, it's not so fun (laughs) to talk about. It's a little bit, it's a little bit yucky. I had, I had to have, um, it's like, it's really minor surgery on my ear, but I had this kind of like overgrowth of scar tissue on my ear that was really, um, kind of painful. And so I had to go get that taken off. And, um, the recovery has just been no fun. Um, you know, I can't sleep on one side of my, you know, of my body and, uh, showering is a little bit difficult, you know, can't get the ear too wet, can't let bad things, you know, get all over the wound and everything. So it's just been a little bit, uh, thorny trying to recover well, but, mm-hmm. you know, just give it a couple of weeks and things will be back to normal, but it's just been a little bit painful and a little bit annoying. Yeah. I imagine you'll look back on it and be like, Oh, that, that was okay. I made it through. But when you're in the midst <laughs> yeah. of it, it, you know, every, every day, all those little things that you normally yes. do are harder. Yes. Painful. Yeah. I've, I've taken to, um, because of where it is, I have taken to tying only one side of my hair back, <laughs> just the side that the ear is on. So I'm, I've started a new hairstyle, which is a half ponytail, there half you go. head ponytail. <laughs> Not to pop that up on wallflower journal as a new style. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but my rose this week is I decided to try cutting my own hair. I didn't, Ooh. it didn't go terribly. Nice job. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of myself. I think there are a couple little little things that I'm like, oh, I could probably go back and fix that. But for the most part, it really didn't go terribly. And I actually feel pretty good about it. And I don't know why I just decided like, I don't want to have to go make an appointment and find a place that I like. And what if they mess it up? And I think every girl has this, um, you know, experience where you come home from the hair salon and you just like cry because it's just not what you wanted. <laughs> Um, and so I just didn't want that to happen. And so I just thought, I'm just going to try cutting it myself this time. And I'm actually, I'm proud of myself. I, I decided to dive in and it didn't, it didn't go so terribly. I'm impressed that you decided to try that with short hair. I feel like I'm even nervous to try that with long hair. So (laughs) props to you for that. Thank you. Yeah. I really took my time, but All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. So moving on to our letter for today, it covers a subject of considering making a huge life change and not knowing if you should go through with it. Dear Wallflower, I am in my early 20s, pretty freshly out of college, and I'm looking at the rest of my life and what I want to do. I really enjoy writing and would love to find a career writing books. I'm writing you because as of now, I'm living in my hometown I loved growing up here, but there's not tons to do. There's a big part of me that wants to move to a big city, and there's an even bigger part of me that wants that city to be in another country. Somewhere like Oxford really calls to me. But I'm not sure if I'm being unrealistic thinking about moving to a different country I haven't been to before. Is it too big of a move? Should I just make the jump and do it? How do I navigate this season wisely? Signed, Longing for Oxford. 
Jessica, what are your thoughts for longing for Oxford? Well, I want to do my best to take a bit of a balanced approach here. If I'm mean, not that I wouldn't ever want to be <laughs> balanced, <laughs> but this idea of like, I, I never of course want to be a dream squasher or a crusher of dreams, but I also, I tend to lean more pragmatic on things like this. So mm-hmm. um, I give that a little bit of caveat. Um, I think it can seem very romantic to live in another country or even to move to a big city. So I think it's important to think about this wisely and um, consider carefully like what the, what's going on behind those desires and some of the, even the practical potential boundaries or limitations, or even just things that are going to be, have to be realistic. You know, if our, if our uh, writer decides to go for this, you know, I want her to be aware of, of what she may face as challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, so while I have never lived in another country, um, longer term, like I have visited, I can certainly affirm that it is special to get to be in a new place. I can also affirm that as much fun as I was having visiting these different places, I dearly missed my loved ones who were not with me. I also, as a kid, I used to long to live in a big city. So, um, as a little girl, I grew up going um, to Chicago on the train with my family to places like Navy Pier, Art Institute, or the Shakespeare Theater. And I had a, I had imagined myself getting a little apartment and sharing it with my cousin and like <laughs> above above a Chinese restaurant that we'd have a cat and like both go to art school. You know, so I had these dreams for myself <laughs> whenever I'd visit Chicago, like someday I'm going to live here. And I just had, had these dreams. Um, and later on... So needless to say, I did not go to art school in Chicago, et cetera. But um, I I got to fulfill a little part of that, that dream by working in downtown Denver. So I never lived inside the city proper, but uh, I lived on the outskirts of Denver and I typically rode the bus in. And I would sometimes even go in early and bring my laptop to Union Station or to a local cafe. I'd grab some tea or latte and often use that early morning time to write, which is really cool for me. And I just feel like that I did identify with our, our writer here and Mm. her, her love for writing and just, I don't know, kind of melding that experience, the, the, the city, the writing kind of that there's, there is something very uh, kind of magical about that experience. And I, I really enjoyed those mornings and I, I still look back on them fondly at the same time. Um, I helped, I feel like they helped me to get, feel like I got my city experience without needing to move to a different place or to live in the city itself, like right in the midst of all that. Um, That's not to say that I'm not open to an international adventure as well at some point, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't find myself wanting to land in a big city long-term anymore. I think because I've Mm -hmm. had little bits and pieces of those things um, experience. So sometimes what my husband and I will, will say to each other is when one of us expresses some kind of a desire for something, we'll say, okay, like, what do you think it is about that thing that you want? Mm -hmm. Because it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be that we do that exact thing. Like maybe, maybe we do, but is there something about that that we can fulfill in a different way? So I just, I want to say that as another category to think Mm -hmm. in, in terms of you know, vetting those desires and and what's a good path forward. So having shared a bit about my own story, then um, I'd like to offer just a few practical thoughts for our friend longing for Oxford to consider. 
first, um, to ask some kind of bigger picture questions. Why do you want this experience? What has inspired this longing in you? And then here's another question that I feel like I want to encourage her to be honest with herself. You know, it might take a little digging. It might be mm-hmm. easy to, to dismiss this, um, but I want, I want to encourage her to dig into it. Is there anyone's life that you are envying? Mm-hmm. That's a so, good point. <laughs> yeah. In other words, in other words, are you looking in another person's experience and wishing that you could have that too? Mm-hmm. And I say this as someone who can totally admit I have done that time I and again. I have done that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all have. <laughs> right. You know, you see someone's blog you follow or Instagram or whatever, uh, someone's book you read, and you think, oh, wouldn't it be lovely? Wouldn't it be lovely? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I call this Instagram effect where something is curated and you see just a little picture of it, you know, but we don't know all the story behind it. You don't know all the challenges that they face. And so I think it's important to be honest with ourselves when we are looking at something kind of for face value and mm-hmm. not to say that there's not a goodness in that desire, but um, to recognize the various facets of what's going on in a particular desire and why that thing is present. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So again, kind of consider the, the why those bigger questions. Um, but to get a little more practical, then one thing to consider is if, if our writer is looking at going to another country, um, the main thing that comes to mind for me is visa. Um, (laughs) So how, how will you live in another country? It it is actually, it can be very difficult to, to do that, to get a visa, to work somewhere. Um, you, you may be able to go and visit for a time. There are a lot of countries that let you stay for about three months without a visa. So it could be an opportunity for you to go, and do a little bit of traveling and like maybe scratch that itch, so to speak, and, and get some really cool experiences. Um, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you, if you have the time and the finances to make that possible, but it may not be super easy to find a way to live there longer term. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's actually the practical thing that no one really wants to think about, huh? <laughs> oh, wait, uh, I can't just arrive in another country and just mm-hmm. get a, get an apartment and get a job. <laughs> yeah, and I and at least my understanding, I, I you know, I can't speak for all countries. It's not like I know all the countries and you know what they prefer, but it seems like some of the countries that I've looked into in this way a bit, most of them are going to prefer to hire nationals and not people who are visiting from another country. So just things yeah. to be realistic about. It's true. Um, don't want to burst the bubble, but just again, be realistic. Um, also this idea of like who, like I said, you know, who I've missed when I've been on, on trips, even for, you know, like a 10 day trip thinking, Oh, I, I can't wait to get home and see, you know, you mm-hmm. see D- Daniel when, like when my mom, mom, mom and I traveled and before Daniel and I were married, I ended up really, really missing him. Um, so consider the people that you love, you know, your friends, your family that you'd be leaving behind, mm-hmm. how far away would you end up being and how expensive would it be for you to visit? Um, how vital are those relationships in your life currently? And, um, you know, how might that factor into a decision that you might make? Yeah. Similarly, will you know anybody in the new place where you hope to move? I'm assuming that this would matter to you. I think for most people it would. Um, I feel like there are probably very few people that would 
truly thrive in going somewhere, not knowing anybody and just kind of planting themselves. Some people do fine like that, but I feel like we probably attract a different listenership than that. I don't know. That's yeah. I could I be wrong, <laughs> but um, unless, unless she's doing something like a cohort based fellowship or graduate study program where you're immediately plugging into community, um, it, it could end up feeling very lonely to find mm-hmm. yourself in a new place where you don't really know anybody. So again, just something to be uh, realistic about. Also, while I feel like I've really been focusing in on our friend's desire to travel, I also want just to briefly address her career dream to write books. Mm. While this is not an impossible thing to accomplish, I want her to hear that it is difficult to make a living writing books. This doesn't mean that I think she should give up on that dream of writing. Certainly not. Um, You and I both love writing, Kelia, and I know that we find our own ways, you know, to get our stuff mm-hmm. out there, whether we're getting paid or not. And I would encourage her to keep writing and finding ways of getting her work out there. But at the same time, I would say, don't put all your eggs into that one basket. Get yeah. work experience and explore what else you could see yourself enjoying. Because while some people do, you know, quote, make it as authors, it it's, I think it's rare that they do so because they set out to become a writer. I think yeah. it's often that they have a passion for writing that they're doing on the side and they break into the industry in a way that's notable and they f- realize, oh, if this is going to be a thing that I could actually do, um, I might have to quit my other job and give all my attention to it. I think it's often that people who love to write might start out as and potentially even stay writers and something else mm-hmm. as far as their career is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I also think there are just multiple ways. Like if you love writing, you want to write books. I completely understand that desire. Um, I think there's multiple ways that you can live into that desire of, of living and writing. And, you know, maybe one of those ways is becoming an author. And that, that would be incredible. Another way is you can become a staff writer for a magazine. If there's, if there's a magazine that's hiring that you like, mm-hmm. or you can begin your own blog and see, you know, ways that you can potentially make money from that and, and attract more people that are like you to come write for you as well. Um, or you can get into the publishing industry somehow, you know, editing, whatever kind of calls your name, there are multiple ways that you can kind of live into this dream. Mm -hmm. So having given some thoughts about, you know, what to be aware of, cautious about, I do want to name a couple opportunities that I think she does have to give some um, ideas that she can consider. So like I mentioned a a bit earlier, you, you could consider whether you have the time and the money to visit another country for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe that's a couple of weeks, maybe that's a month or two. Um, I think that could be a great way for you to explore this desire. Um, you may be able to find a job in another country with a missions organization. I've seen a lot of openings like that. Um, like I, I work on staff at Denver Seminary and there's often um, missions roles in different countries. But one thing to keep in mind for that is that you'll likely need to raise your own support. So just consider if that's Mm -hmm. something that you're willing to do for your finances. Um, Some people are fine with doing that and some people really would rather not. So um, (laughs) just kind of up to you and your personality. 
Yeah. Then you could also look for an internship or a job in a nearby city. I don't know where hometown is for you, but if you consider something that's like a bigger, a bigger city compared to where you live now, but maybe isn't too far away from your family, like it might be neat to experience something where there's more things to do, but not terribly far away from your current community or your, your loved ones. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Cause she even said like, first, really, it's just that she would love to just experience a city and it might be a good idea to go ahead and try to experience that. And then see if you're still longing for Oxford in the same way that you were before mm-hmm. you go ahead and try to move to another mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like testing out the waters in yeah. smaller ways. That's a great idea. And, um, the idea of something like a fellowship too could be a neat idea. If you find there's something that really resonates with, um, your career interests or with your faith. If you're a person of faith, the idea of some kind of a, a fellowship that would have a cohort and a built-in community where you could be like, um, kind of doing professional development while also getting work experience in, in a city that could be a way to plug in somewhere and not feel alone at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, I'll just say, in addition to considering the advice that Keely and I give here, See if you can talk with anyone who has done something like this. For example, moved to a big city, maybe even alone, especially overseas, if that's something that you really feel strongly about, and see what that experience was like. Um, Again, I think one thing I just really want to caution against is the tendency to imagine that the grass is always greener Mm -hmm. or the maybe that the bricks are covered in more ivy (laughs) somewhere else. So um, I think it's just really important for us to consider that that is potentially a facet going on and get, get that realistic advice from someone who's lived it. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I really understand this writer's desire for something new and different and something that feels meaningful to her. I think that's what I um, immediately pick up. And I think it's natural for many of us to want to leave our hometown. Some of us are happy there. Some of us loved growing up there and want to raise our own children there. And then others just have this natural longing to experience something outside of what they've always known. And, you know, I myself, I always imagined myself living in all kinds of cities when I got older. You know, I would think about New York. I would think about London I would think about Seattle. I would think about Paris. Um, I had this natural desire to go and explore and experience something really different from what I was currently living. And that longing never went away for me. So in my early 20s, I ended up leaving my hometown to go to New York. And there are a lot of reasons that I, um, that I chose New York. It's, you know, it's, I, first I had just always for about 10 years before I even moved there, I had always imagined myself there one day and, you know, it's, it's where artists live. It's where performers, um, get to live out their dreams. It has beautiful architecture. It has so much history. It has incredible food and cultures and, there's so many new people to meet and it's just like the place to be, you know? And so I envisioned myself there and I envisioned a life there. And 
what I imagined was, uh, you know, I would have this big, beautiful apartment with these huge windows that looked out over the park. And, you know, I would share with my husband and I would have a group of, of friends, you know, not too many friends, but just a couple of really close ones. And um, I would have a career, a, just an amazing career. I'd be so happy. I would start a family there. And, um, you know, that's something that I've always done is, is created a life in my head of the place that I, I am envisioning myself. That if mm-hmm. I could just be in this place, then if I lived there, then I would be more fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. If I lived there, I would feel this. I would mm-hmm. be this. I, my life would be that, you know. I would end up creating these really high expectations for these places and these lives that I was like, you know, once I start living that life, then this. Um, and I thought that I could only find happiness by moving to New York. And so then I moved there and it was amazing. But then I experienced the reality of living there and the Mm -hmm. fact that it was still life there. And it was still, it it was still a fallen world there. Um, and it was so much harder than I had anticipated the weather is terrible, probably most of the time. <laughs> um, it's so expensive. It's so busy. There's always another person somewhere. <laughs> You're never alone, ever. That's hard for an introvert. Um, it's dirty. It's tiresome. I, I came across this video where someone said, living in New York uh, feels like fighting for your life every single day. And it does kind of feel like that sometimes it's a little like, Oh my gosh, okay. I just made the subway. Oh, there's a weird person on the subway. Okay. got to get here on time. It can feel a little bit like a fight every day, but then there, there are positive things about New York. There are the reasons that I moved there are all true. It does have beautiful architecture. It is where artists and performers, uh, go to live. It does have amazing culture. It is one of the most important cities in the world. It's where everyone wants to be. So those that's true. Mm-hmm. But then so are the negative things that I didn't know about. Those were also true. Right. And I'm not saying this to say that I just, I don't love New York anymore. I've never fallen out of love with New York. I never will fall out of love completely. But I did experience the reality of the dream that I had had for years. And I realized, oh, it's not quite as rosy as I thought. Mm. Um, and to kind of illustrate this is this scene in a movie where, so it's, it's kind of like towards the beginning of the end, it's like kind of middle-ish end-ish of the movie. And, um, this guy and this girl have, you know, they, they started a relationship in the beginning and then they broke up kind of in the middle, I think. And then, you know, it's kind of months down the line and he's been pining for her and wishing, to get her back. And then there's this, um, she invites him to this party after they run into each other, like six months later. And so then when he's on the way to the party, the movie plays side by side expectations. It says at the bottom, it says expectations. And then it says reality on the other one. So there are like two scenes playing out at once simultaneously. And in the expectations one, this is what he's hoping will happen. He goes to the party. He gives her a present. She is just captivated by him again. She's She was so glad that he showed up. Um, they begin their relationship again. They rekindle their romance. 
they spend the entire night talking and she just ignores all the friends that she invited. And then in the reality, she's kind of a little bit removed and, oh, thanks for the gift. And it's not quite as received as the way that he thought it was going to be. And he's talking to some random friends that he doesn't even know of hers. And she's off talking to other people. And then he sees her flash an engagement ring. And he's absolutely devastated. His expectations weren't realistic because they didn't take the different variables that were actually real into account. Mm -hmm. So he ended up being so disappointed. And so now I want to move on to, you know, our, our writer and what she expressed. Jessica already, you know, asks some of these questions, but I think it, they are so important for her to ask herself, why does she want to move to another country? Is it the romance of, oh, I live abroad? <laughs> or is there a real reason? Why Oxford specifically? Is it because that's where all the great minds like C.S. Lewis once walked the, the cobblestone paths? Maybe, or maybe there are more practical reasons that she has that she didn't talk about. Um, I think it would be really, I, I would encourage her to get clear on the expectations that she has for Oxford and consider whether they are expectations that are based in reality. Does she have a reason to believe that living in England would change her life for the better in a way that she can't experience in a, in a city, as Jessica mentioned, maybe an hour away from, from where she grew up or the state over where, from where she grew up? Um, I don't say any of this to tell her writer, you know, don't move to Oxford. I myself love Oxford. I've been there a few times. I'm, I've been lucky enough to be, to, to visit a few times now, um, but I want to encourage her to consider the reality of what living there would really be like, what living in another country would really be like. And Jessica mentioned, what would it really be like uh, being away from your parents for so long, being away from your friends for so long, moving to a place where maybe you don't know anyone? What would that really be like? I mean, experiencing all of this, um, you know, as much, as much as we don't want to admit it, there are cultural differences mm -hmm. that every time I go to England, I go, yeah, I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> I experience it, I go, yep, we're, we're different. <laughs> um, so I, I would suggest that, you know, especially because she's never been there. That's another thing. Um, I, I think it would be so important to visit it at least once before moving. And I think it would be amazing if, you know, she could rent a little, I don't know if they do Airbnb or if that's even an okay thing to do anymore. I hear so many different opinions on Airbnb, but something like that, some kind of short-term rental, if she could find something like that, or even just stay there for a week and just dip her toe in, um, a little bit. And I know that's not easy for any, everybody to do, um, but I just think it would be an important experience to, to give herself, you know, experiencing Oxford, um, traveling uh, from London to Oxford by train, which is, you know, what happens when you arrive there. Like, do you like doing that? Do you like being here? Um, I would also suggest that she talks to people who've maybe lived there. 
um, or, or currently live there or have done something similar who have moved to a, a totally new country, um, that they haven't been to before, or maybe had limited experience with before, I would suggest that she really digs in and asks some questions. And if she knows no one, well, there's Google and there's a forum for everything out there. Trust me. <laughs> so all in all though, um, you are young once. I think if you ask all of these questions and you go, yeah, I think I really do want Oxford. You can try it out. You can always come back. But I just think it's so important to go into it with your eyes wide open mm. and with the, an understanding of all the things that you will have to do that you don't want to think about, like Jessica mentioned, the visa. All of the the little practical details that um, that come along with you know walking in the rolling fields of England. <laughs> so I just I hope our writer is um, able to think about these questions and ponder them and and answer them honestly with herself, and that she'll find find the right answer for herself. Yeah. All right, so it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I'm suggesting a tea this week so our guests can sip on something warm in the fall. So mm. I'm recommending Republic of Tea, their brand, uh, that brand, um, their loose leaf tea called All Day Breakfast. Um, I'm all about loose leaf, full leaf teas. And this is a lovely one I got for Christmas last year. And I've just been enjoying it all throughout the year. I'm actually at the very bottom of the can now. I'm like, I want to order some more. <laughs> it's so good. It's predominantly Kimun, which is a black tea from China. And I love uh, Chinese black okay. teas. They're very velvety and smooth mm -hmm. and if someone does pick it up it, te it tells you to steep it for five minutes I typically like it steeped less at about three just I feel like mm -hmm. it gets it's kind of like I think about with coffee like a ristretto shot where it's a little bit sweeter when it's so it's not over extracted I feel like when tea is over steeped it gets bitter and so I just that's that's my my own personal way of doing it. I like three minutes, but um, yeah, it's Kimun with a little bit of oolong in it too. It's it's just a really special tea, so I recommend that. Incredible. My suggestion is a body lotion that I got the other day because it had like a two for something one. I I don't remember, but it had a sale at Walgreens, and so I thought I'll try it. And I I will say I. I am a, um, I forgot what the word is, but I, I can definitely be affected by packaging and the packaging is just so cute. It's, it's there's a word for that. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they, I feel like for people a, that are drawn to packaging. Do you know what I mean? Like influenced isn't quite the word that I'm looking uh -huh. for, but it's something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's the brand <laughs> is called soap and glory and you can find it at basically any, any, uh, drugstore. And I really love their lotion that's called Smoothie Star. And it just, it smells so nice. It smells like vanilla and kind of almondy. And what I really love about it, first of all, it's very, it's kind of thick, which is nice. It's very, very moisturizing. Um, but what I love about it is I'll put it on and I'll be going about my day and I'll be like, 
what is that smell? Oh, it's me. I smell so good. (laughs) And the smell just, it really like it worked. It sticks with you. Um, which is what I just so enjoy because I'm such a, I'm such a scent person. I, um, if it doesn't smell good where I am or if I don't smell good, um, I'm not happy. (laughs) I I need things to smell good where I am. So that is, um, that is my suggestion this week, the soap and glory lotion called smoothie star. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Well, I am now writing a weekly blog post for um, my website, Eden and Me, so people can find my blog there at edenandme.com. Listeners can also find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles every week about relationships, beauty recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.